Good morning. My name's the Reverend Richard Hare. I'm the vicar here at Emmanuel Church in bright, beautiful and breezy Bridlington on the east coast of Yorkshire. You're very welcome to join us today for the Church of England National Online Service on this the ninth Sunday after Trinity. The service which will be led by my colleague, licensed lay minister Jackie Moore, is just getting underway. So come on inside. With God, nothing will be impossible. For he is our God. And the God of salvation is making all things new. Amen. Let's say the opening prayer together. We have come together as the family of God in our Father's presence to offer him praise and thanksgiving, to hear and receive his holy word, to bring before him the needs of the world, to ask his forgiveness of our sins, and to seek his grace, that through his Son, Jesus Christ, we may give ourselves to his service. Amen. So let's now stand and sing our first, first hymn, My Jesus, My Saviour.
Well, this is a time in our service where we, we've praised God and now we have to come before God to bring all the things that we've, uh, we want to bring that has made us fall short of what he requires of us. And every one of us has things all the time that we need to bring to him and he just longs to, to forgive us. So let's take a moment just to think about the things that we have done or not done that have let God down. And we say together, Father, we have sinned against heaven and against you. We are not worthy to be called your children. We turn to you again. Have mercy on us. Bring us back to yourself as those who once were dead, but now have life through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us hear the words of God's forgiveness. May Almighty God, who sent his Son into the world to save sinners, bring us his pardon and peace now and forever. Amen. We're now going to watch a video. It's just in time, Ryan's walked in. It's a testimony that Ryan gave. Um, is it to Richard this week, is it? Um, so we're going to sit and watch that. My name's Ryan Hartzorn, uh, 36 years of age, from Bridlington. Um, moved here when I was 11 with my parents, uh, so about 25 years, really. Um, Life before Jesus, um, the church, was a very, um, very glum really. I had mental health issues for a number of years, uh, anxiety, panic disorder, um, just depression. Um, I lost my mother in 2017 and my father in 2019. Um, which just really sent me into quite a low, lonely path as I don't have any other family over here. Um, I'd been looking to maybe attend church for about a year prior to actually making the, my first step through the door, um, but I just didn't have the confidence, didn't know what to expect, um, and then a, a friend of mine that actually attends the church convinced me to to go. So one Sunday I uh, trotted off down to the Emmanuel in Bridlington and went in and lo and behold I found um, such great people, um, such a lovely atmosphere um, my, and my journey in faith began. Um, not long, not too long after that, I attended the Alpha course that they had, that they had going at the church, and it were brilliant for me. Um, not only in helping me with my faith journey, finding God and understanding more about God and uh, so on, but I actually found a lot more about myself. I grew in confidence. Um, it helped immensely with my mental health issues. 
um, and from there I decided to get baptised which was last summer um, the Archbishop of York Stephen Cottrell uh, came to Bridlington and uh, yeah um, ended up having a sea baptism on the south shore um, and to be honest it was probably one of the most amazing things I've experienced um, and it's just my, my, my journey in faith just seems to grow from strength to strength. Well done Ryan, thank you for that, brilliant. So, we're now going to sing a song which kind of reflects what Ryan's been saying really about in my wrestling and doubts and um, my lighthouse leading me in the right direction and holding me in truth and so we're going to stand and sing. In my wrestling, in my doubt, in my failure, you won't walk out. Your great love will see me through. You are the peace in my
first reading is taken from 2 Peter, chapter 1, verses 16 to 19. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitness of his majesty. He received honour and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Here endeth the lesson. Thanks be to God. Good morning, church. The reading comes from Luke chapter 9, beginning at verse 28. And it's just after Jesus has predicted his death to his disciples. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendour, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfilment in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and told no one at the time what they had seen. The next day, when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him. A man in the crowd called out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. A spirit seizes him and he suddenly screams. It throws him into convulsions so that he foams at the mouth. It scarcely ever leaves him and is destroying him. I begged your disciples to drive it out, but they could not. Oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. Even while the boy was coming, the demon threw him to the ground in a convulsion. But Jesus rebuked the evil spirit, healed the boy and gave him back to his father. 
they were all amazed at the greatness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So let's open our eyes to see Jesus. Lord, open our eyes, because we want to see you. We want to see Jesus. So let's sing, open our eyes, Lord. Open our eyes, Lord, we want to see Jesus, to reach out and touch Him, and say that we love Him. Open our ears, Lord, and help us to I'd like you to think back to a really a re relaxing holiday that uh, you've once enjoyed, if you've ever been lucky enough to have one. Perhaps somewhere like here, lovely Briddington South Beach with Spurnhead stretching off way in the distance to the south and Flamborhead just round the corner to the north. You've really unwound, you feel great, you've, you're in touch with yourself again, you've reconnected with your nearest and dearest perhaps. You've eaten well, you've slept well, and then you come home. Of course, it's nice to be back in your own bed, but there's often a hassly journey back. There's a mountain of washing. And then for many of us back at work with lots to catch up on. And it's also noisy and busy and bitty. We long for the quiet and the peace. Well, it's nice to know we're not the only ones Jesus and his inner circle of Peter, James and John had the same issue. When up the mountain Jesus was praying, his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. And then Moses and Elijah appear, two heroes from the Old Testament, talking to him about his departure, his, his death in the near future. Peter babbles something about putting up three tents for them. Perhaps he wants to hang on to the experience. And then a cloud appears, and clouds often symbolize God's presence. And there's God's voice. This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. The cloud lifts, the vision fades, and there's Jesus alone. And we're told the disciples kept this to themselves. I expect they were dumbstruck. It's not the sort of thing you can easily chat about, is it? The next day, and it's down the mountain. And there's no time even to get a washload on 
and listen to the answer phone messages. A crowd meets them and they're so noisy. There's confusion and consternation. The other nine disciples are at a loss and in the middle of it all there's a, a poor man calling out, shouting, teacher, you've got to look at my son. And he adds, as though this were needed to persuade Jesus, he's my only child. All his eggs in that one fragile basket and he's possessed by a demon. Many people say the boy had epilepsy because the symptoms of convulsions and foaming at the mouth do sound similar and maybe they're right. But Luke, the doctor, is happy to describe lots of diseases just as diseases, whereas demon possession seems to be something different. Anyway, this poor boy is regularly thrown around by the demon, which rarely leaves him. And as if to prove it, just as he is brought to Jesus, the demon takes hold of him and throws him to the ground. And Jesus rebukes the spirit. He ticks it off, which leaves the boy who is completely healed. Talk about a contrast. The silence, the serenity of the mountaintop, the hubbub, the shouting of the valley below, the select few up above, the noisy rabble down below. On the mountain, the father says, this is my chosen son. In the valley, the father says, you've got to help my only son. On the mountain, the three disciples may be confused, but they're full of awe. In the valley, it's confusion full of distress. The mountaintop is pervaded by the Holy Spirit. In the valley, it's an unclean, evil spirit that's calling the shots. On the mountain, there's dazzling, shining light, a glimpse, perhaps, of the future in which the risen Jesus will be glorified. In the valley, all is darkness. It's all very here and now. But at least Jesus was well prepared for what he was going to face. Moses and Elijah were talking to him about his departure, his coming death, which he was soon to bring to fulfilment in Jerusalem. The word departure is exodus in the original language. Exodus, of course, was the escape from Egypt slavery. We can think of the cross as being like another exodus. It frees us from the slavery of sin and death. And I wonder what that conversation with Moses and Elijah was like. Wouldn't you have loved to have been a fly on the wall? A 17th century bishop called Joseph Hall imagined the scene quite well, I think. And he said, A strange opportunity, when his head shone with glory, to tell him how it must bleed with thorns. When his face shone like the sun, to tell him it must be blubbered and spat upon. When his garments glistened with celestial brightness, to tell him they must be stripped and divided. And whilst he was transfigured on the mount, to tell him he must be disfigured on the cross. So when he came down into the valley, Jesus was perhaps prepared to act out the exodus in the life of that little boy, freeing him from the tyranny of the evil spirit, which 
hardly ever left him and was destroying him, crushing him, wearing him out. Those words of warning and encouragement on the mount led to words of rebuke and healing in the veil. Such a contrast between the mountain and the valley. But I tell you what both scenes had in common. The three disciples on the mountain top ended up amazed at the majesty of God. And in the valley, after the boy was healed, it says they were all amazed at the majesty of God. And that's an encouragement for us today. We're not often on the mountain top. Could be even once or twice in our lives, if that those rare occasions when we're so conscious of the presence of God that we never want to leave it. More likely, most of the time, we're like the other nine, who get left at the bottom of the hill to wrestle with problems that don't get any better and get told off by Jesus when he does show up. But in the noise and the mess, Jesus does act and he does heal and evil does flee away. And even in the valley, it results in amazement at the majesty of God. I think the knack of the Christian life is learning to rejoice in the valley as well as on the mountaintop. Learning to marvel at God's greatness, even in the mess and the muddle and the confusion. Learning to follow the Lord closely on Good Friday as well as on Easter Day learning to sense God's presence in the shouting of the valley as well as the silence of the mountaintop. The wonderful artist and poet Eddie Askew once described prayer as being both a silence and a shouting. A silence and a shouting. Sometimes we are content to sit silently with God. And sometimes we need to yell and tell him exactly how we feel. Both of these are okay. The Jesus on the mountain with dazzling clothes is the same Jesus sorting out a difficult exorcism which his disciples couldn't manage. How are you and God at the moment? Do you need to sit silently or have a good shout? Let's pray for a moment. Father, whether we're silent or whether we're shouting, hear our prayer and meet us at the point of our deepest need. Amen. So let us declare our faith in God. We believe in God the Father, from whom a family in heaven and on earth is named. We believe in God the Son, who lives in our hearts through faith, and fills us with his love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit, who strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
the power of the Holy Spirit and in union with Christ, let us pray to the Father. Dear loving God, thank you for touching us with your love in so many wonderful ways. Send your Holy Spirit into our homes, our hearts and our lives. Help us to bring love to those we are able to help, to our families, our friends and all those who we meet who are in need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, govern and direct your holy church, fill it with your love and truth, and grant it the union that is your will. Enlighten your ministers with knowledge and understanding, especially our archbishops Justin and Stephen, our bishop Eleanor, and our leaders Richard, Heather, Jackie, and our church wardens Carol and Joyce that by their teaching and their lives, they may bring life to your word. Be close to Barb throughout her sabbatical and fill her with your peace and love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. May our government lead with humility, justice and mercy. Give those who bear responsibility of government and those who serve in local government in these difficult financial and political times to make decisions for our good and also for our understanding and abiding by those decisions. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Guard and strengthen King Charles and all the royal family. Thank you for his faithfulness. Keep him safe and his family from harm. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for families with young children as we enter into the summer holidays. Give them patience and a time of happiness over the coming weeks. Lord, bless our summer activities, that we bring a little piece of Jesus into the lives of those taking part, both the children and the activity leaders. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray this morning for all those that are sick in mind, body or spirit, and provide comfort for the homeless, the hungry and the destitute. We lift up to you all those who are feeling broken and lost by situations that are overwhelming them. Guide us all through darkness and into your light. We bring to you in silence now all those we know to be in need of your presence in their lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, hear us as we remember those who have died in the peace of Christ, both those who have confessed their faith and those whose faith is known to you alone, and grant us with them a share in your eternal kingdom. We pray especially for the families that are missing loved ones and fill them with your love, comfort and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. May your presence, love and blessings be with all those mentioned in our intercessions and in our hearts this morning. Father, you hear those who pray in the name of your Son. Grant that all that we have asked for in faith we may obtain according to your will, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. And we now join together with the words of the Collect. Which, what is it? 
Father in heaven, whose Son, Jesus Christ, was wonderfully transfigured before chosen upon the holy mountain and spoke of the exodus he would accomplish at Jerusalem. Give us strength so to hear his voice and bear our cross, that in the world to come we may see him as he is, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And then we join together in the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Let's stand and sing, Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. Let's stand.
share the grace together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Please join us for tea and coffee and go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen.